0: Hey traders, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode 48. Thank you again for tuning in. This is going to be a general kind of crypto news coverage podcast. We're going to be first going over the Miami Mayor, talking about some progressive crypto laws. We're going to be going over some more information regarding Dogecoin. There's some uh, familiar faces that are talking about it on Twitter. We're then going to be talking about the Robinhood, GameStop, uh, kind of restructuring that we think we need definitely some interesting things that we could use involving blockchain within that space. We're going to, we're then going to be talking more about Jack Dorsey, uh, the, uh, CEO of Twitter, going to be touching a little bit on MicroStrategy, and then we're going to be going on to a little bit news on Biden and the stimulus packages that they're, uh, going to be creating here to try to help out with the COVID relief. And then we're going to end the video with some information about the all-time high for google searches regarding bitcoin so thank you very much for coming and now now i'm going to go pass it over on to nathan
1: appreciate you spending your sunday evening with us or whatever day you might be tuning in it is february 7th and just to jump right into it we have absolute bullish news coming out of the legendary mayor of miami Who is known as francis suarez Uh, and he's really been an advocate for both bitcoin and blockchain applications kind of at the municipal government level and they are taking steps to adopt more progressive crypto laws and they want to equalize and incentivize the playing field by offering things like paying city fees in crypto City employees getting paid in salary in crypto if they wanted, uh, as well as allocating some of the city's treasury into Bitcoin. Uh, And he calls that the hardest of the three ideas that he's really pushing for with this crypto adoption. And he's really been meeting with some of the big players, specifically the Winklevoss twins. Uh, and ultimately there is no specific time frame of when he is looking to have these as tangible benefits and products for the city of Miami. But ultimately he's a big advocate within the space and really trying to make some big changes from like the municipal government standpoint.
0: Yeah, definitely great to see that adoption from the governments and really from people who are going to be able to change the regulations involving blockchain cryptocurrencies to incorporate it within our current economy. So really great to see. And we're seeing it in different parts of, you know, many different states and different countries. So overall, the transition is actually uh, commencing. And the idea of governments shifting into a more blockchain based system on the back end of things is actually coming to fruition. So pretty unbelievable there. Next thing we're going to be talking about is uh, some funny news. We see Snoop Dogg and Gene Simmons from Kiss join Elon Musk's Dogecoin army on Twitter. And uh, we see them both posting about things, and uh, Gene Simmons specifically wrote um, Why, talking about why buy Dogecoin, because I believe it will go up, but that's just me. And um, kind of the things that me and Nathan were talking about is well, you know, we're thinking like, why Dogecoin? It's a, it's a meme coin. There's no actual fundamental use case or future really, other than just pure pump and dump speculation. But there's no real corporate structure behind it. So if you're looking at like a like let's say a coin like Stellar, there's a corporate structure behind Stellar Lumens. So it it is very drastically different than a asset that is not really perceived to be um you know, in in the limelight of a corporate structure type of really business. It's not really a business whatsoever. Some person just made it and it is a blockchain network that people still use to this day um, to transact and um, have commerce. So it's pretty unbelievable um, that it's got to this point. But um, I think kind of that may be one of the reasons why and maybe why Elon Musk likes it is there's no real business backing the actual asset it's just a meme coin that people can buy and sell and the prices go up and down but um there's no real face behind the coin it's kind of like bitcoin but like it's literally a meme
1: yeah i feel like it's kind of comparable to digital Chuck E. cheese dollars <laughs> that if suddenly people just start assigning a dollar value to them and you could send them to each other on a relatively cheap basis and like elon musk has been saying in interviews and random commentaries about dogecoin fate loves irony and ultimately it would be pretty ironic if a, if a meme coin like doge ended up growing and developing into a rather large global currency payment network because who knows what can happen right 2021 the simulations getting crazier and crazier with every day and speaking in tune with that the Robin hood gamestop wall street bet fiasco still has not come to an end uh, there is data to show with the open short flow position that perhaps the squeeze hasn't really happened yet in the wise word of wall street bets the squeeze has not squoze <laughs> which is pretty funny um, but it seems like a lot of people are getting shaken out. Maybe that selling cascade that happened all the way. It went up to like $470, something crazy like that. And now it is much, much, much lower. I think people really got shaken out because now it's trading at six—not 600, six $63. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what this week has ahead for us because ultimately we've really seen the power of the internet when this large concentration of traders who all like the same stock come together and uh, begin to buy it all up
0: yeah it's definitely um i i think it's definitely something that will be um, very prevalent in in this upcoming week to see how it'll go um, with the amount of selling that's been going on if wall street bets i guess community members are going to be actually still bullish and still have diamond hands, still want to keep that buy pressure on to squeeze out to the rest of the institutions. So um, we'll see how it goes this upcoming week. U.S. dollar is plummeting, so um, there's definitely a reason to have a risk on uh, overall sentiment as well as a lot of speculation in the air. So I think this upcoming week will be bullish, not just for crypto, but um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for those Wall Street bet stocks. But kind of jumping back into the Robinhood issue. Talking a little bit about DeFi, I think this really this news story about Robinhood restricting people to only purchase a single share of certain companies and stocks just because um, they're from Robinhood's perspective they're saying volatility. But we did talk about in a previous podcast that Citadel 0.72, I believe, have a I guess you could say partnership or own part of Robinhood and um, they're making money. So. Um, and they're taking the other side of the deal uh, from Melvin Capital, who is on the major short position of GameStop. So um, there's definitely some contributing factors on why Robinhood halted the ability to purchase shares um, of particular stocks is, is because Melvin Capital was losing a lot of money and um, the Citadel and Point72 had to inject like billions of dollars to, to fund and refinance Melvin Capital. So there's definitely a lot of back-end fishy, fishy smelly situations that I think are not very legitimate. And the world of DeFi, in my opinion, does need to grow in order to kind of dissolve this current issue that we're having. I think everyone should have the ability to play in the open markets and, and speculate and invest and be able to, in this case, you know, position themselves in corner to a certain market or a certain fund because they're too exposed to a certain position, short or long. And, th- you know, at this point, we weren't able to do it. But I think with DeFi and the ability to have a decentralized network with not a single entity controlling really the entire aspect of that certain market, we're going to be able to have a more open market for people to, to freely trade. And I think that's a pretty beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, 100%, it really connects the retail trader to the retail trader, cuts out the middleman, because ultimately we know how profitable these traditional financial institutions run their business. Ultimately, they're facilitating that network, but DeFi decentralizes that and brings the power to the people. Moving on to the next story, we got a pretty positive story coming out of Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO of Twitter. He posted a screenshot that he will be running a Bitcoin node. Now that does not mean that Bitcoin is proof of stake. The nodes are essentially the decentralized blockchains distributed throughout the world. And ultimately, although you do not get paid for running the service like you do with proof of stake, it's kind of like you're providing security to the network because it's these ledgers that are distributed that kind of dictates the version of the blockchain that is most reputable. So at the time of conception, Bitcoin didn't really have any means to use and put that extra cash to use, like for example Celsius or any of the staking programs available. It was just kind of buy and hold, but that's why the node system existed, because it was an ability to put your equity to work to kind of maintain and guarantee the security of your asset. Well, now fast forward to 2021 when DeFi is all the buzz and we're still seeing that decentralized structure where, again, we're seeing uh, retail trader to retail trader able to borrow and loan money, earn that interest or pay it in some circumstances, which is a very powerful idea and ultimately kind of highlights that Bitcoin, although it is older tech that doesn't have the same incentivization systems, the same usability, it's still the number one crypto in terms of market cap and overall
0: public image. Yeah, I completely agree. Gotta keep stacking that BTC for sure. So uh, there's definitely one fund that is stacking a lot of BTC and that is MicroStrategy. And what they're doing right now is they are pitching BTC or they will be pitching BTC to 1,400 public companies. We already talked about how uh, MicroSalar, the CEO of MicroStrategy, talked with Elon Musk talking about the importance of hedging a major cash position that many public companies have with, for example, Bitcoin because we know that the U.S. dollar is moving to the downside. The stimulate, this uh, stimulate, stimulation. <laughs> um the influx and input of additional capital into the public marketplace within U.S. dollars as well as very low interest rates create a situation where the U.S. dollar moves to the downside. And you got to hedge because if you have a lot of money or a a large cash position, you're going to be losing value. You're going to be able to buy less and less things, less and less um, things you need to do to, let's say, uh, create electric vehicles for Elon, and that's not a really good thing. So you need to be able to have a position, and we could see potentially a massive influx of new capital flowing into cryptocurrencies, primarily Bitcoin, because large corporations need to have a hedge against their inflating away currency because of the proliferation of currency from central banks.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think the way that Michael Saylor explains it is so relevant it's basically you have a melting ice cube of cash value the risk reward to putting your money in sound or to put your capital in sound money is too good to be ignored and really this is the way of the future as the federal reserve continue their activities of aggressive currency proliferation ultimately that trajectory is going to maintain and so the influx of capital into crypto should maintain It's that kind of smart move where you can outplay the market because ultimately we're at a time where we live in a financial fantasy. Money is not real anymore. It's just being printed hot off the press by the Federal Reserve. And it's interesting to note that I think people are starting to catch on because Google searches hit a record high for buy crypto as well as bitcoin and ethereum saw massive spikes in interest same with best crypto app and best crypto exchange Uh, and ultimately i think we've been using google trends as an important metric for public interest and we're really seeing it start to spike up to where it was and where it reached in that late 2017 end of the bull run
0: Mm -hmm. definitely uh buy cryptos like way above the zone best crypto exchange a little bit less but um, we are definitely seeing that level of interest and i think as of right now a lot of people heard about bitcoin cryptocurrencies ethereum maybe in 2017 because some let's say friends or family got into it but i don't think many people acted or as much as what the general population has like you know nathan and i are immersed in it so we think the percentage of people who are actually involved in crypto are a lot higher. But if you're actually looking at hard numbers, the number of people who are actually invested in and involved in crypto is still quite low. So the relevant, um, I, I would say, the percentage of people that know about it is very high, but the people that invested are still substantially low. So at, at this point, there's going to be, in my opinion, a lot of FOMO because it's not just the retail traders that are gonna get the FOMO. In my opinion, it's also gonna be the institutions because there are some people who acted very quickly and swiftly, like Microsaylar. He's in a position at this point as a major figurehead in the crypto space, extremely quickly. And there's gonna be people who are way late to the game and they'll still have a ton of capital backing them because they're from an institutional standpoint. They're just at a point where, let's say equities are doing well, But they see that FOMO and and, and the appreciation of crypto, you know, that money is going to be flowing in. So in my opinion, the Google Trends is really just for retail traders, which at this point, retail trader interest is spiking. But the big player for this upcoming bull run that we're seeing right now, in my opinion, is going to be from the institutional investors and traders, which we definitely are seeing.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. The institutional interest is miles beyond what we could even dream of in 2017. And we have no reason to think that this will end heading into 2021 and beyond. Ultimately, Bitcoin has really asserted itself as an alternative to gold with this massive institutional interest. And we're seeing that paradigm shift towards cryptocurrency. And I can't help but think, obviously, I am biased because I'm immersed that this is the push that will really concrete it within our financial system and perhaps make some regulatory changes in terms of how our financial system is operating. But for the time being, it seems like we're really dead set on the course of inflation. The money printing, again, has seen no ends. And ultimately, I think that the government is going to be very hesitant to shift towards deflation. And I mean, Joe Biden has said it himself, the cost of fixing the economy will be very high. And I think by very high, he means there is no upper limit to how much money it will cost. uh, Because, I mean, he's starting with 1.9 trillion in stimulus. And I can only imagine that during his next four years of presidency, we will see a lot of aggressive monetary expansion.
0: Yeah, I think this is the point where it starts almost getting parabolic we'll, when you actually start to see the public notice the inflation, not just in asset prices, but maybe even in, in everyday goods and services. We'll be looking at the CPIs. But um, that is, I in my opinion, is when, not shit hits the fan, but when there comes revolts, there comes really angry mobs kind of coming at your doorstep um, and there has to be change. But if asset prices are going up and inflation is relatively stable, people don't really see the value that they're losing. But if prices of their gas or food go up drastically, they'll start to notice and then there'll start to be some um, major disruptions in the everyday public people who are kind of, living in the United States here. So that's going to be, in my opinion, the shifting point. But until that happens, they're going to assume that they could just keep on creating the stimulus. They could just keep on printing money because at this point, that's kind of the only thing they have left. They can't raise interest rates. The only time they would ever raise interest rates is if there is significant inflation and they need to stop it. That's what happened in the late 70s the only time they could raise inflation is when inf- or sorry uh, raise interest rates was inflation was very very um, drastic it, it was out of control and then interest rates went to like um, 14 15 almost 20 percent at one point so you know interest rates at zero right now and I don't think they'll go up for a very long time so this whole risk on stimulus low interest rate environment I think will continue until it can't Um, And every president will try to kick the can down the road. And the easier thing to do is to have more stimulus and to have low interest rates and to give people money and to let people borrow at basically no cost. So until there's going to be some major drastic changes in the inflation, we're going to see this. And as long as we're seeing the inflation, high stimulus, low interest rate environment, I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and sound money generally will do well. So um, that's our thesis, or at least that is my thesis. Um, And that's going to be the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll pass it over on to Nathan.
1: I appreciate you spending your time with us. As always, we are always thankful for your continued support. It has been February 7th, wishing you the very best wherever you may be on planet Earth.